This is Meg Tilton at the ACOW Life, episode number 69. What will be your legacy? This is the ACOW Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you are all having a great week, a great day, a great month, a great year, (laughs) anything great when you listen to this podcast this week. Um... It's been a busy couple of weeks for me, and I've been kind of barely hanging on to the necessities and the basics that I have to get done, and one of those things is this podcast, so I'm happy to be able to record this today to get it out on time. The last two weeks uh, have just been kind of a roller coaster of many emotions and a whirlwind for my family and myself. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a background. My mom flew into town here about the 20 yeah the 29th of October and I picked her up from the airport and we drove up to Chicago and we went to see Ina Garten the barefoot contessa she has a lot of cooking shows on the food channel and she has several cookbooks and she just launched a new cookbook and she went on tour and when I saw that she was on tour I was like I just hit the jackpot people just hit the Christmas and birthday jackpot because my mom's birthday is in December and it's Christmas. And what do you buy the woman who has everything? You go take her to see her idol. <laughs> and her idol is Ina Garten. So we drove up there, saw Ina Garten, Garten on the 30th, and then drove home on Halloween, had Halloween. And then I was scheduled to leave to go to Nashville on November 1st for a work Uh, conference and kind of retreat with some girls that I mastermind with for business. Uh, But that morning, kind of early in the morning, we got a call from my brother-in-law telling my husband that their father had passed away. He'd been in the hospital for a couple days, but we were hoping that he was going to get better. But unfortunately, he didn't. He had leukemia for about six years. He'd had a bone marrow transplant about four years ago and had been in remission, was doing awesome. But about a month ago, he relapsed and um, found himself back in the hospital um, the Saturday previous to his passing because he had an infection. They actually got that under control, but then there was just some more complications. And I think his body was just tired and worn out and it was time. Heavenly Father wanted him home, and so um, he went home, and it's a huge loss for our family. It's a huge hole in our family, but it was a great week. I came home from Nashville. I left on Monday at like 6 a.m., drove home five hours, packed up all my kids, got my dogs to the kennel, and was on the road again the next morning by 5.30 to drive the 13 hours to Colorado Springs for the funeral. Luckily, my mom was already here to watch my kids while I was in Nashville. And so she graciously changed her plans and drove out there with me and flew home from there after the funeral. So uh, yeah, it's been a busy, busy couple of weeks. Um, and 
Funerals are always so interesting to me because they are a sad time, of course. Of course, there was crying. It was really hard for my kids. That was an experience I didn't super enjoy, is having to tell my kids that their grandfather had passed away. Um, But it was also a time of remembering and being together as a family, and there was laughter, and there was joy too. And um, joy because he was such a great man. And he just was amazing. And so how can you not be grateful and happy to celebrate somebody like that? My sister-in-law, my husband's sister, and my husband both commented that they have no regrets with their dad passing away. And I think that that's such a gift that has been given to each of them that, you know, everything was out there. They knew that their dad loved them. They knew that he knew that they loved that him. And I just think that that is so great. But in honor of my father-in-law on this podcast, I would like to talk about the importance of legacy because each of us will leave a legacy of some sort in our life and pass that on to the generations that follow us. So I did look up the definition of legacy because I wanted to be really clear about what I was speaking about. And the first definition I kind of found a little bit interesting. It says that legacy is a gift of property, especially personal property, such as money um, by a will or a bequest. I don't know what a bequest is. I probably should have looked that up. Anyway, and I guess I've always kind of viewed property or money more as of an inheritance, like a physical inheritance. Like when we talk about people passing away and they pass on an inheritance, it's usually money or belongings. That's what I kind of refer to as physical things. I didn't really ever look at that as a legacy. So I kind of like the second definition that was given. It says that a legacy is anything handed down from the past as from an ancestor or predecessor. And I kind of look at that more as characteristics, lessons, you know, personality traits, things that aren't necessarily so tangible that our ancestors pass down to us. So each of us is the result of a legacy of some sort that is passed on from our ancestors. And so what I hope to do today with sharing some of the things that I learned about my father-in-law as we had his funeral and the legacy that he passes on to his children and to my children and to me and to future generations is something that I'd like to talk about because I think it is pertainable to each of us. Each of us has a legacy and our legacy is something that we can be very intentional about and something that we can actually plan. But how many of us are really planning and intentional about the legacy that we are going to leave behind? I'm hoping at least that I take that a little bit more seriously now and purposely live out the legacy that I want to leave behind. And I hope that today will inspire you to do the same. So how do you want to be remembered? At my father-in-law's funeral, all five of his children spoke. And there were some predominant themes that stuck out to me. And I want to share them with you, not only because I want to honor him, but also because I think they are great legacies 
that may be ones that you will want to adopt in your life and consciously plan to pass on to your posterity. Okay, so the first one was, my father-in-law was someone that his children sought advice from. Several of his children spoke about how he was their go-to when they needed guidance and direction. And I think that this is such a great legacy as a parent. Um, I'm reading this book. It was in one of my Friday favorites recently where I talked about three books that I like, but this is one of them. It's called The Self-Driven Child. And in that book, the major theme is, is that parents are consultants for their children. (laughs) We may sometimes feel like we're dictators. I feel like that sometimes, but Our primary role is to be a consultant figure for our children. And my father-in-law was that for his children. And I think that that is such an honorable thing to pass on to your posterity is that they take your advice, they seek your advice, and that they maybe implement that advice in their life. And that they still sought that advice even after they had left home. I hope my children always call and seek for advice. And the hard thing as a parent, right, is that you have to learn to be able to give advice and then know that sometimes your children won't follow it and that's okay. It doesn't mean that they're not listening to you. It doesn't mean that they don't care and it shouldn't be taken personally. So that was one of his great legacies that he has passed on is that he gave great advice. The second thing, and this is probably the thing that I think of the most when I think of my father-in-law He was the eternal optimist. I rarely ever heard him speak ill of somebody or think down on situations. He was always positive. And at his funeral, my sister-in-law shared one of my all-time favorite jokes that my father-in-law would share, and it really tells you the type of person he was in his outlook on life. So it goes like this. I want to share it with you because it's one that I think everybody should know. And it's, it's a great one. So here it is. There was a family that had a set of twins. Now, one of the twins was always complaining and always seemed to see the worst in life. She was a definite pessimist. Everything that happened was bad and gloom and doom followed her everywhere. So that was one t- twin. The other twin was always positive. She would find the good in everything and was always happy and upbeat. One year as the twins' birthdays approached, the parents decided to try and bring their girls' viewpoints more to the center. So they were trying to get the one that was always pessimistic a little bit more positive and the one that was always positive a little bit more realistic maybe in life. So what they did was for the pessimistic twin, they bought her a ton of toys and gifts, and they filled her room to capacity with everything she could ever have wanted. On the other hand, for the optimistic twin, they went to a horse farm and they got a truckload of manure. On the day of their birthday, they filled the one twin's room with all the toys and the other twin's room with the manure and at the appointed time, let the girls into their respective rooms. Now, as the parents then entered the pessimistic's room to see what she thought, they found her sitting on the floor crying. She was crying that at some point the toys would break, that they would get old and outdated, and that it was just all a waste. (laughs) 
Now, a bit disheartened, they then decided to go to the optimistic twins' room. There, they found her knee-deep in manuring, shoveling like crazy. Upon asking what she was doing, she replied, With all this manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. (laughs) My father-in-law was always finding the pony amid the negative of life. So that story definitely defines who he is. He battled leukemia for six years, but was always positive, even though I know he did not feel well a lot of the time. You could also always hear my father-in-law whistling and singing on a constant basis. Early in our marriage, I remember my mother-in-law was talking to my husband one night and told him that they had recently been getting gas. And as my father-in-law was standing at the pump, he was just singing and whistling his heart out as he waited for the gas to fill the tank. So inspiring, right? I know how I am at the gas pump. Usually, Most of the time, I'm usually like, it's freezing out here. Like, hurry up. There's no singing going on. Or it's blooming hot. Like, hurry up. I want to get back in my air-conditioned car. So just such an example of positivity in every situation of his life. Another legacy that he will leave is that he was a great problem solver. (laughs) My husband's family lived overseas because he was in the army. My husband's dad was in the army and they lived in Belgium for three years. And one of his brothers related at the funeral that at one point their van had a driving shaft that was broken and they were going to go on a trip to some different countries in Europe. But in order to get that part to replace the driving shaft, it would take a couple weeks because they were overseas. And so my father-in-law took the whole car apart, basically found where the brake was, epoxied it back together and then stuck everything back in and they went on the trip. (laughs) And luckily it held together until the the fixed part came in and they were able to not have a epoxied part driving around in their van. But he just figured out how to solve problems and he didn't let a simple crack in a drive shaft stop him. And I just think that is such a great legacy to leave. He also loved and served his country. Like I mentioned, he was in the army. He enlisted early on when my in-laws were first married. He served in Vietnam and he was a true patriot. And I think it's so fitting that I get to talk about him today on the podcast on what is being observed as Veterans Day today. Even in the last few days of his life, when he was in the hospital, he used all the strength he had to sign his voters ballot because it was voting Uh, We were voting in the polls then, and he voted absentee ballot, I believe. And he used that to cast his vote. He took his citizenship and his right to be heard very seriously. And it was such a moving experience to go to the cemetery. He was able to be buried at a national cemetery. Um, It had just opened in Colorado Springs, and he was buried with full military honors. And that was very, very amazing to watch and know that he has served his country and earned that respect and burial ceremony. Last but not least, for sure, he was a man who served God faithfully. He was a bishop and a stake president. And while I'm not one that's really big into titles in the church, because I don't really think that that (laughs) 
defines your spirituality or your dedication to the gospel, I only share it because it does represent the time that he devoted to callings and to the Lord. In fact, one of um, his brother-in-laws at the funeral commented on how he was so glad to be at the stake center where the funeral was and see where my father-in-law had worked for over 20 years. Because he, it was really like another job. And my husband often recounts how they would be at church and they would always be trying to get their dad out of church because he was talking to everybody. (laughs) They're like, come on, dad, we want to go home. We're hungry. He and my mother-in-law also served a mission in Uruguay and they served Spanish speaking. And the thing that I find so remarkable was they sent them down there with no formal Spanish language training. And then he was called to be a branch president. I don't know how he did it. I really, really don't. But I think that it is such a um, testimony of persistence and and faith that really you can do anything when you're on the Lord's errand. And my father-in-law was certainly an example of that. I mean, his eternal optimism, which I just spoke about, is just really rings true with that mission call because they were had the odds stacked against them. When you have a language barrier, it is really hard to do anything, but they figured it out. They would write letters home and were like, how are they doing all of that? They don't even speak Spanish. And they just did awesome. So just so many great things that he passes on to his posterity. And like I said, these are just a few of the things that my father-in-law leaves to us as his family and to his friends. But the takeaway for you today is that I want you to think about what are the legacies that you will leave to your posterity, to your family and friends? Will you be known for optimism Will you be known for working hard and for your faithfulness in the gospel? Will you be known for maybe your easiness to laugh and to find the funny in any situation? Will you be known for your amazing chocolate chip cookies? Okay, that is something that's definitely worth being known for, I think. Or will you be remembered for your ability to say the right thing in tense moments? That's my husband. I don't know how he does it, but Dr. Tilton says the right things in the most tense moments and just breaks the tension. So here's the truth. We are all going to be remembered in some way. How you want to be remembered is something that you can decide. We tend to think that legacies are only important once someone passes away, but I think it's important for you to strive to have a living legacy as well. What do you want to be known for now, this very moment in your life? Because every moment makes up a life, right? So everything that you're doing right now makes up your legacy. And that's amazing and wonderful and just awesome. Having a legacy that you are proud of doesn't just happen though. It doesn't. You have to work at it darn it, we have to work at everything. You have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to develop and grow and be uncomfortable. My mentor, Brooke Castillo, has an amazing legacy that she wants to pass along and she is living it every day. 
Her legacy that she wants to pass on is that she wants to be an example of what is humanly possible. She is constantly pushing herself beyond her limits and striving to be better every moment. Every day she wakes up and she's like, this is going to be the best day. And then the next day, this is going to be the best day. And she's just constantly striving. So I want you to ask yourself, what do you want to be an example of? What do you want to pass on to others now and when you are gone? Because it's those people that we see that are actively living the legacy that they want to leave. Those are the people that we admire, right? Totally, totally. Those are the people that we admire. We admire the people that are living the legacy they will leave. So if you want to leave a long, memorable, lasting legacy, you have to live a memorable life. You have to be living that legacy now. Now, as we head into the holiday season, I was just writing up our award Christmas program. And of course, it's centered on the Savior. But I hope that you each will take uh, just a minute in this busy, hustling, amazing holiday season to recognize the legacy that our Savior has left to you. It is truly because of him that each of us can have a legacy and that this life has meaning and purpose to begin with. He is truly the reason for the season and he is the reason for each of our lives and the ability to make our lives amazing and great. Life is so rich and full of so many possibilities. My wish for you today is to take every advantage that you have to grow and to become the best possible you. Don't let fear and doubt and uncertainty get in your way. You get one shot at this life. And so I hope you max it out and leave the legacy that you were meant to leave and the legacy that you want to leave. Okay, everybody, have a great and fabulous week. I wrote in my weekly email, which if you're not on the list, you need to go get signed up. You can go to my website at theacowlife.com and get on that because I just send out a little uplifting email. It's pretty short every week. And um, about a week ago, after, right after I found out that my father-in-law died, I wrote one about him. And this just shows how optimistic he was. He was always, if you'd ever ask him how he was doing, he would always say, fantastic, terrific, excellent. He would always say things like that. And in the email, I said, you know, we don't really know a whole lot about the next life. I mean, I believe that we go and we meet our savior, Jesus Christ and heavenly father, and that we live in a spirit world and that there's work for us to do there. And we're reunited with our family members that have passed on. Um, in the Book of Mormon, it does say that everybody who dies, when they die, they go and they meet their maker. And um, I've always loved that scripture. It brings me a lot of comfort to know that everybody gets to meet him and be encircled by his love. But I have no doubt, I've thought about what was that like for my father-in-law? And I have no doubt that when he met God and God asked him, I don't know what God asks, but I envision him asking, how is your life? I have no doubt that my father-in-law replied, fantastic. So I hope you all have a fantastic week. And I hope you know that your life is fantastic and that it has meaning and purpose 
and that you have a legacy to leave that will mean so much to your posterity. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.